game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chance. Swatted free for a moment by Giroux, but now grabbed and golfed out of the zone by Chris Russell. Race for the puck, and McDavid will win it. Shoot that score! What a brilliant individual play! Russell the lob, McDavid the conversion, and Edmonton extends to a 3-1 lead on McDavid's fifth. A spectacular goal by Connor McDavid, sparking the Edmonton Oilers to a 6-3 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. The Oilers are 6-1 on the season. McDavid with a goal and four assists for the third five-point game of his career. In net tonight, a spectacular game by Miko Koskinen. He comes up with 49 saves, 15 stops in the first, 11 in the second, and then 23 in the third period alone. He's 3-0 on the season with a 9.27 save percentage and a big part, well, the main reason, the main reason why the Oilers were in a position to score three goals in less than four minutes in the second period and turn a 2-1 lead into a 5-1 lead, and they never looked back from there because it easily could have been a 2-3 goal advantage for the Flyers halfway through the game, and you wouldn't have faulted Koskinen on any of the goals because the Flyers were getting some grade-A scoring opportunities in this one. But nonetheless, the Oilers figure it out tonight. Now they get ready for Detroit on Friday. Thanks for tuning in. It's 10:42. Oilers Hockey presented by World of Spas. This is Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We are live in Studio 99. Well, you know, Connor McDavid gets five points. He's the most dangerous offensive player in the league. He leads the league in scoring. But we've been saying a lot. It it starts in net. You got to get the saves, and you got to get timely saves. And this was an A plus plus performance by Koskinen. Well, we talked about it upstairs, you and I, that the goal by Connor McDavid just completely deflated a Philadelphia Flyer team that they look up at the scoreboard and they're thinking, how are we down 3-1? We've dominated. Uh, The coaching staff on the Flyers bench must be thinking, okay, our players are doing everything they need to do, yet they can't put the puck past Koskinen. He probably made, what, eight, nine grade-A scoring chance saves in the first 30 minutes of this hockey game the Flyers should have been winning and we talk up there you see this time and time again that when one team dominates shot after shot great chance after great chance it seems like the other team comes back and in one play scores a goal and that's what we saw there is Koskinen made a number of big saves kept the Oilers in it kept the Oilers uh, close, or excuse me, at that point in the lead, but they kept them from falling behind the Philadelphia Flyers, and then Russell makes a little nifty play, throwing the puck out for a stretch pass for Connor McDavid, and Connor, what he does best, he gets on his horse and flies past the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Oilers extend a lead that they didn't deserve, and after that, the entire Flyers bench just deflated, and you saw the remainder of the second period as the Oilers just picked away at them and built the big league. So 6-3 is the final, and the Oilers' power play continues to be a story. He's two opportunities tonight, to, and they were able to extend the lead. And I mean, those were, those were big as well. So the Oilers' power play, uh, I mean, <laughs> they have that percentage coming into the game where you're saying, well, it's not going to last. Well, it didn't last. It went up. <laughs> the Oilers' power play is now over 45% for the season. It wasn't... Neil getting the goals tonight. It was it was Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl. Well, the success of the Oilers' power play is from the fact that every player that has the puck on his stick is both a passer and a shooter. Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Dreisaitl, all three of them are as good as anyone in the National Hockey League moving the puck, passing the puck. Nugent Hopkins has got that incredible wrist shot that he, you see time and time again he goes short side, beats the goalie. Leon Dreisettle is a 50 goal scorer and Connor McDavid, the year that he decides he wants to score 50 instead of being just the playmaker, he'll score 50 as well. So it's really hard to defend. When you look, say, for example, the Washington Capitals, their power play, when the puck goes to Ovechkin, 95% of the time you know he's shooting the puck. When the puck goes to Leon or Connor or Nugent Hopkins, the defenders don't have any idea which way he's going, so you can't sell out to make the, the, the big dive or the big block, and that allows those guys to move the puck around and, and pick the play that they want. You've got Neil in front, who 
has shown not only the ability to get in front of the goaltender and, and use his body as a screen, but his hands are quick. So now any garbage left around the crease, he's going to pick up. And then you got Clefbaum at the back, who's, who's getting much better over the last couple of years of making sure every time he puts the puck on net, it gets through. So the Oilers, I think the power play is just going to continue to impress. The only thing they have to do is make sure they get the puck on the offensive zone. And the power play breakout they have now, where they come up and then they throw it back to Connor McDavid coming with full speed, it's almost a gimme. There's no way you can defend it because he's coming at Mach 2 and you've got four guys standing still. So he's going to bring the puck in. Their power play is going to win them a lot of hockey games this season. It's better than last year because I think Neil, as good as Chason was, I think Neil is a bit of an upgrade. And the fact that they continue to play together, and Dave Tippett has talked about it, these guys know each other, where they're going to be. Connor knows when Leon's in trouble and gets to the spot he needs to be. Nugent Hopkins knows when Clefbaum's in trouble, so he moves into a better passing uh, lane. So uh, their power play and their goaltending tonight was fantastic. 6-3, the Oilers take it over the Philadelphia Flyers. Hey, how about this? Once again, third time this season, the Japanese Village goal light is on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village AAA steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. What is amazing about that, too, Reed, that's three times in seven games. Yep. And they've gotten zero five-on-five goals out of their bottom six players. That's true. And they've, they've had five-plus five goals in three of seven games with zero goals out of their bottom six players. Got a goal from a defenseman tonight. Ethan Bear joined the rush, put the Oilers ahead late in the first period. Great play by, by Bear. First realizing that there was a, a turnover and knowing he's got space to jump up. And then uh, quick hands. It, it was a, a nice play by Neil, finding him. But Bear quickly gets it off his stick. Now, I think it deflected before it went in on Hart. But that is a good recognition by Ethan Bear. And the more Ethan Bear plays at this level, the more confident he's going to get to make plays like that. Players are a little tentative at the beginning of their careers. They don't want to get caught in the wrong position. Uh, he's shown a calmness about him. He's shown uh, he, he's got the hockey IQ, a very good hockey IQ. And it just adds another element. Just the, if you're a defender and you're defending dry settle McDavid coming down on you, there's so much fear in that. Because where are they going to go? They're going to pass to each other. They're going to hit Cassian. Now you got a fourth guy jumping into the play. It's, it just seems unfair for the defenders to be able to, uh, to defend when you've got that much firepower coming at you. But Ethan Bear, again, continues to impress. We'll make Ethan Bear the fourth star of the game for White Eagle Homes. Built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options, visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. 6-3 Edmonton. Winning over Philadelphia. Voracek scored twice for the Flyers. Lindblom had the other one. Uh, in order for the Oilers, Dreisaitl, Bear, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and Brandon Manning, who uh, was a bit of a surprise to play this game. He was not in the regular rotation for the morning skate, but Joel Pearson uh, not able to go. I'm sure we'll get some more information on him. But Manning jumped in, scored on a long long slap shot early in the third period that was a bomb that was a bomb but you saw Elliot afterwards he was not happy that that one beat him uh, as good as the Oilers goaltenders were tonight or excuse me as good as the Oilers goaltending was tonight the Flyers goaltending was not and uh, goaltending is everything and tonight the Oilers had it and let's hear from the guy who was brilliant with 49 saves, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Miko Koskinen. I don't know if goalie gets 49 saves. Are you excited about it? <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's going to happen every, every night. Otherwise, I'm going to be exhausted. But it was, uh, I think we played pretty well. They were shooting a lot of, a lot of pucks like outside, and the guys did a good job. We didn't let them come to the middle, and that's, that's the key thing. How much does it, uh, how much does it, you know, help you to have a, a game like this where you know you get all that, all those pucks, and and maybe just just to continue building confidence? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thought about that. You know, it's just go go by game by game, and whatever is a good or bad game, you have to leave it behind and move on. Connor talked about how important it was. You, you really kept the team in. He felt like you guys probably should have been losing when it's two to one, and then he scores that goal. From your vantage point as a goaltender, you just look at the way him and Leon are playing right now, and it just seems like at some point they're going to score. It's just only a matter of when. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good thing for us. You know, they're they're so dangerous like every game, and it looks 
like that they're going to have a goal at least every game. Brendan Escott working in the Oilers dressing room. That is Miko Koskinen. He's just taking it one game at a time, Rob. Well, that's good. I mean, we, we talked at the beginning of the game how Dave Tippett has a very even keel, doesn't get too excited when they win, doesn't get too upset when they lose. We haven't seen that very often because they haven't lost very much. But as a goaltender, and uh, having played with a number of uh, very good goaltenders, the best ones are the guys that don't get too up or too down. When they're too emotional, it seems to affect them more. And Koskinen... Excellent. The Oilers have now, was it seven games on the season? They have gotten six incredibly uh, credible goaltending performances, and that is the reason well, they are 6-1 and one on the season. I'd actually argue they've had seven, but Smith threw the puck away twice. In terms, still, of, no, in terms I, of stopping the puck, he yeah, was but fine. I still, I, no, I, he, was, he was just okay that game. That wasn't a, he, what, he let five goals in that game? Right, but yeah. two, two he still, assisted on the yeah, other team's he, goals. He was, he was still, you can't discount goals when it was a goalie mistake. So I think on all the other efforts, their goaltenders were the better goaltender. And actually, probably he was actually better that game than Quick was because Quick was terrible too. These are goaltending performances that the Oilers weren't getting with any consistency over the last couple of years. And they're getting them and their record is showing they've got enough offense up front in their star players that if they get good goaltending, they're going to win more than they're going to lose. 6-3, 6-3, the Oilers take it tonight. That means a $150 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They are given 25 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, so we appreciate that. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We'll jump in with a phone call here, and we'll welcome Mike to Overtime Open Line. Hey, Mike, go ahead. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, man. Uh, first off, I'd like to say good game for the Oilers tonight. Uh, who would have ever thought that uh, Connor McDavid would set up Brendan Manning for his first goal of the season? Well, I think, oddly, I think McDavid assisted on a Manning goal last year as well. It's pretty uh, kind of ironic after what happened. Yeah. And the uh, second thing I'd like to point out is I think it's a good thing that the Oilers are doing with their goalies. Keep uh, Kopskin and uh, Mike Smith battling for number one spot. They keep some, uh, keep some sharp, keep some playing well. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Mike. As Rob was saying, the goaltending's been been very good. I mean, I would expect them to come back with Koskinen on Friday. I agree. And that's simply just because that would make it 2-2-2-2 two, 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 two in terms of the rotation. And he's earned the right. I, I don't think you keep the rotation going if he has an off night, but he had a really, really good night. So to me, you keep the rotation going, give him an opportunity, and then after that game, decide what you're going to do yep. going forward. But I mean, see, Smith had a really good game. Yep. Monday in Chicago. So the goaltending's been, like I said, Koskinen's safe percentage is now up to 927. Smith's is 917. If they get 915 or higher from both guys this season, they're going to be right there. They'll, they'll be oh, in the race. Without any doubt. You, you have that kind of save percentage and a power play and penalty kill units in the top five in the National Hockey League. That's not only a playoff type team. That's a team that's going to challenge for, for winning a division. Uh, when you have that kind of stat in your back pocket. So now no one's saying that's going to continue. But the reason they are where they are right now in the standings has been goaltending and specialty teams. The Oilers did give up two power play goals against tonight. They'd only allowed one against coming into the season. The Flyers two for six with the man advantage. They had two power plays almost back-to-back in the first period, scored on the second one, and then they had a late power play where they got a five-on-three to uh, make it a little interesting, 6-3 with just over two minutes to go, and I'm sure you loved what they did, just pulled the goalie with the power play continuing right off the center ice. I, off. I, we used to play in, in the minors, and we'd have teams that have five-on-threes, and we had done it ourselves. If you have a five-on-three in the middle of the second period, you pulled your goalie, make it a six-on-three, they have no chance. Uh, the only thing, and I'm not sure it's concerning, but we're seven games into the season, isn't that about the fourth too many men penalty that the it Oilers have had? It is the fourth too many men yeah. penalty. Yeah, that I mean, and they've teams, all been at home. Yes, they didn't take one on the road trip. They had three in the first two games and one more tonight. There's teams that won't have four in the season. There'll be teams that won't have four in a couple seasons combined, and the Oilers have got four through seven games. So that's something, obviously. Uh, 
an easy fix. And they got tonight's while they were killing, right? Because yeah. they, well, this it, one put them down two men. Well, this one, someone, they were all changing. And uh, I'm not sure if it was the goaltender, Elliot, or the defender quickly moved the puck out. And one of the defenders that was going off, it was a forward. He stopped about 20 feet from the bench, knowing that the puck was coming up fast. He read it. That was a smart play on him. The player that was coming on for him made the mistake jumping on. You cannot come on the ice until you know your man's coming off for sure. And fortunately, it, I mean, the goal was scored on the 5-on-3, but fortunately, the Oilers had a big enough lead that it didn't matter. But again, something that you want to correct going forward. You can't have that many, too many men on the ice penalties this early in the season. Something to fix. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 780-496-0063. We will welcome Dave to the show. Dave, thanks a lot for calling. G'day, Reed. G'day, Rob. How are you? Pretty good. That's the way. I just want to ring. I'm ringing from uh, Sydney, Australia, and uh, I listen to the show usually every game by podcast. And I just want to say it's fantastic. It's great when I miss a game, I get to catch up on what happened. So keep up the good work. Thanks, Dave. Are you the gentleman that messaged me earlier tonight? I did. I did. I've been uh, been wanting to call you for a while now. Well, glad glad you called. Yeah. What else is on your mind? That's great. Well, I was to say, I think they were moving the puck really well today. Um, I think Koskinen uh, played a fantastic game, and I, I also thought that he, he seems to be moving the puck a bit more now. Do you think Smith has started to rub up off on him a bit? Uh, probably, yes. I know that Mike Smith talked about the fact that when he was in Dallas and he was the back off, backup for Turk, I believe it was, wasn't Turco. it? Turco. Turco, sorry, yep. Turco. And he watched Turco night in, night out, practice every day, improve and showed how well a, a puck mover he was as a goalie. So Mike Smith went out and started practicing, realizing what an attribute that is. So I'm sure that Koskinen sees that. There was a play early in the, period, or in the game tonight where Benning came back and Koskinen went behind the net. And Benning actually went in the corner and Koskinen just left it behind the net and, and it kind of fooled Benning. Because after playing with Mike Smith, he expects, okay, goalie stops it, get into an outlet-type position because he's going to pass it. So that is something I'm sure that Koskinen's going to continue to work on. And when you've got a guy as good as Mike Smith doing it, he can give you pointers and tell you what he sees, when to move, what to do. It is something that if both goaltenders were able to do it, it makes it much easier on your defenseman. Yeah, I must admit, I think it's really good to see. So, yeah, so thanks, guys. It's really good to talk to you guys. I just want to quick have a quick shout-out to my brother, Chris, who lives in Edmonton, and a good mate, Derek, who actually lives in Calgary, but we won't hold that against him. <laughs> and he was at the game tonight. So, g'day, uh, Chris, now, and g'day, Derek. And thanks, Dave, guys. Have a great one. Dave, hang on. How, how did you become an Oilers fan? Are you still there? Uh, my, bro- my brother uh, married a girl from Edmonton and lives there. He's got Now he's got... Uh, Two twin boys, a little girl lives there. He's he's staying there now, mate. So, Sorry, did you say your brother's name is Tristan? No, his name's Chris. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. Well, thanks for calling, man. We appreciate right. you tuning in from Australia. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank there you. we go. All the way around the world. That's pretty good. Another Edmonton girl takes down a, a gentleman from out of town, and he never leaves. <laughs> I know well, that's the great, feeling. Though, but, I mean, that's not the guy that moved to Edmonton. That's... That's the guy that stayed in Australia calling us. That's pretty cool. That is really cool that we have someone in Australia. And it's, isn't it, is it tomorrow there or is it yesterday I'm just there? Gonna, I don't, we didn't ask what city he's in. I'll just Google time in Australia. I know It'll that give it's, us a range. It's, I know that he's about to it's enjoy. It's tomorrow afternoon. There it's somewhere go. between noon and 4 p.m. And he's about to start enjoying summertime. because it's. Oh, good. that's a good point. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's always nice there, isn't it? Maybe maybe we, we should do a trade-off, like a job share. We'll go over there for a couple of days. He can come over here and do we, a game we, or we, two. We could do some Australian rules football. I know zero rules in Australian rules football. Well, we'd learn. We're pretty, we're pretty I mean, we make, we make stuff up on this show. Why can't we make stuff up on their show? <laughs> more of your phone calls as we roll along. We're going to take a quick news update. More post-game reaction. You'll hear from Dave Tippett and Connor McDavid. Koskinen, 49 saves. McDavid, 5 points. Oilers win 6-3 over the Flyers. We're live in Studio 99. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 check. Back-to-back 24-goal campaigns for him. Tried to center, was deflected. Then receives another pass, wide open, wrist shot, sprawling, right pad save made by Koskinen. What a beauty. 
He's got 24 tonight. More roughs off. The Flyers are frustrated. Miko Koskinen outstanding tonight. That's his save of the game. Courtesy Jiffy Lube keeping you moving. The Oilers win 6-3. Koskinen made 49 stops, including 23 in the third period. The shots in the third period were 25-4 for the Flyers. Now, the good news is the Oilers went into that period with a 5-1 lead. I was mad at the Flyers at the end. They had about 40 seconds to get one more shot, which would have given them 50 saves on the night. They're on the power play. They're moving around. I was yelling, shoot. I was like one of those fans <laughs> yelling, shoot from the press box. I wanted him to get his 50 saves because he deserved that kind of accolade. Michael texting 630-630. He says no one can play a perfect 82 games. One of the differences is the good teams have the tools to steal the games they don't deserve to win. A little anxious, but still taking it one game at a time. That is for Michael. I I think that's a good observation. I I think this formula for the Oilers and and the way they played in the second period in uh, Chicago and the third period in New Jersey are, are are not good formulas. But yes... Good teams can have an off night and still win. And bad teams, you think, geez, they, they did everything they could. And they still lose. So how how do you how do you you know either steal games or stay in games that you shouldn't be in? Again, I mean it's been an ongoing theme for all seven games this season: goaltending, special teams, star players, game breakers. Oh, and the, you know. Well, the Oilers have the two best offensive players in the league playing together, and they've started off just where they left off last year. The Oilers have gotten goaltending this year that they didn't get the last couple of years, so that makes a huge difference. And we've seen what good goaltending does when you've got great offensive players. A couple of years ago when the Oilers made the playoffs, it was because Talbot stood on his head. He had a career year. Well, now you've got Koskinen and Smith battling for, for the crease, and each night they've gone out and given the Oilers uh, capable starts. And then the, the Oilers have always, are always going to have a good power play because of the talent they have, even if they mess it up their, their talent will can will, will come through and, and they'll score ugly goals simply because they're better than the players they're playing against what they really needed to improve on was their penalty killing and they've done that now tonight was a little bit of an an off night they had a seeing eye shot from the point and then the five on three those are hard to to defeat but the Oilers up until tonight had been very good at not taking penalties tonight they took some foolish penalties and gave a Philadelphia team that's been struggling, to, their best players struggling to find ways to put the puck in the net, and they did tonight because the others took a couple ill-advised penalties. That, so there are so many things they, they can correct in this game, but as the, the texter said, good teams, and right now their record shows that the Edmonton Oilers are a good team. Good teams find ways to win games where they're not at their best, and tonight they did that because certainly this was not the best effort that the Oilers have had this year. Koskinen, 49 saves. McDavid has the third five-point game of his career. He has never had a six-point game, so something still to shoot he, for. He could have had it had he tried to shoot it into the empty net at the end, and he didn't. It, they were shorthanded. He had the puck on his stick, and if he wanted to, he could have went for the, for the net. He didn't. He just threw it down into the far corner and changed. All right, Oilers take it 6-3. More of your phone calls in a couple of minutes, but down to the Hall of Fame room, courtesy of GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, maybe just a thought on uh, on what Miko meant to that group tonight for the you know the first half of that game. Should have been first, second, and third star. The only reason we won. What do, you, what do you want? I mean, that's that's the truth. Look at what happened. That's that's, that's where it is. Um, so you win the game six three, so the offense is definitely there. But I mean, giving up fifty two shots, so where's certain level with that? wasn't a wasn't a six three game or a six one game. That wasn't the score was that, but it wasn't that kind of game. Dave, when you have a guy like Connor McDavid, though, in the, like in the second period, he had three or four shifts where he just seemed to just take over the game and said, "We're going to go win this," I guess. That's when the game turned for us a little bit, when he, uh, he scored his, the one where he beat their defenseman. That's where the game turned a little bit. But after the first two shifts of the game, we were outplayed by a wide margin until we got it turned around. Connor got that goal, and we got a couple power play goals, and you know, we pushed the game along. But between Dreisaitl's first goal and... Connor's goal in the second period. That uh, that wasn't how we have to play. So is this another good lead teaching tool? You win the six three, but we've already talked about it as coaches. This is a real good teaching one. 
just because you can't play like that and expect to be a playoff team. So did they, did they revert tonight to playing kind of like they have played before? No, it's it's a tough game. I mean, you come back from a trip, you recognize it's a tough game, and and they give they came at us hard. They they pushed us hard, and we didn't handle it very well. Right, just didn't have turned the puck over a lot. Wouldn't play with enough pace to uh, catch up with the game until a couple of skill players made a couple good plays and pushed us ahead. But other than that, Koskinen was was the whole story of the game. I just uh, on uh, Pearson too. He's uh, Pearson is in uh, concussion protocol. He's out for a week to ten days. And Manning obviously slides in there tonight. He scores a goal. Yeah. First action. He was fine. Yeah, he was. He was good. You know, playing against his old team. I thought he jumped in there and gave us some quality minutes. All right, that's Dave Tippett right off the top. He said Koskin should have been the first, second, and third stars of the game, and he says he's the only reason that they won. There might have been a couple other reasons, but he was the, the, the biggest reason as he makes 49 saves in a 6-3 Edmonton victory. Joel Pearson in concussion protocol. Brandon Manning played, but I'm just double-checking if anything's happened. I would expect a call-up right away. I mean, maybe Laguson comes up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't know because I haven't followed what's going down in Bakersfield, but certainly... You want to have somebody here in case. I mean, you may want to go with Manning again on Friday, but you have to have someone in case uh, there's an illness or something that happens the day of the game. So I would imagine we'll see something soon. And I, I agree. To me, Connor had five points and Leon had two and one, but the, they won this game on the back of Costman through 30 minutes. He was the best player in the game. Let's check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. If you're looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Sharks beat the Hurricanes 5-2. Evander Kane had a hat trick in that game. The Penguins knock off the Avalanche 3-2 in overtime. Still a great start for the Avs. They're 5-0-1. Washington getting by the Maple Leafs 4-3. The Blue Jackets beat the Stars 3-2. Dallas is 1-6-1 At what out point, of the gate. At what point is the coaching... Uh, staff in Dallas getting a little worried about whether they're going to have a job the following day. This is a team, and, and you and talked about it. You thought they could I be... I picked a, them to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I I picked them to be a certain playoff team. They did a lot of things in the offseason to make them better. So you got to wonder how uh, long the leash is for the coaching yeah, staff Yeah, that's tough because Dallas. that coaching staff was praised last year and Todd Nelson, former Oilers head coach, on that staff, but that is a tough start for Dallas. And the Ducks are 5-2 and two after beating the Buffalo Sabres 5-2. Buffalo's first regulation loss of the year. They are 5-1-1. One, one. Oilers win 6-3. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Robbie on the line. Hey, Robbie, go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, I was hoping I could finish the play, but first I'd like to say that I'm definitely drinking all the Kool-Aid. Got my Oilers third jersey, and I'm pretty excited for the season. It's, it's it's a nice change. Well, I hope you're enjoying it. I mean, sports is supposed to be entertainment at the end of the day. So if you're having a little bit of fun, regardless of how they're winning, I, I'm not going to fault you for that at all. Is Will finish the play? He wants to do it, Rob. He's ready to go. Yeah, I'm going to Los Angeles, so I, I could really use it. Oh, good. Okay, well, you, you already have the eight days parking at Jet Set Parking. Best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code CHED. Kellen, what have you cooked up? McDavid's factored in seven of the eight goals. He moves in right-hand side. James Neal, six power play goals. No Oilers ever done that. Reshot. Okay, that was a power play goal tonight. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl had one of them. Do you remember who had the other one for the Oilers? On uh, Brian Nugent-Hopkins. Let's find out. McDavid's factored in seven of the eight goals. He moves in right-hand side. James Neal, six power play goals. No Oilers ever done that. Rich shot score, Nugent-Hopkins. Left circle. Did not wait for that puck to be settled. There you go. Nugent fired that one in and out quick. So Robbie's name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. That's valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. So he can go to L.A., 
use the eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, and then he come, can come back and go to Fast Track Indoor well, Parking. And if it was only a four-day trip, he's got to stay four days longer now because his car's got to be parked <laughs> for eight days. So. That, that, actually, that's true. You have to leave you your car there for, for eight, eight days, days no so. matter what. It's going to cost him an extra $4,000 <laughs> for the trip, but he's going to have free parking for eight days. Oilers <laughs> <laughs> win 6-3 over the Philadelphia Flyers tonight, 780-496-0063. Dustin is on the line. Dustin, what's on your mind tonight? Dustin, do we have you? Do you have me? I'm right here. We got you, buddy. Go ahead. All right. Well, I, I mean, it was a great night tonight. My, I have two concerns with the squad. One, do they have a full-fledged goaltending controversy on their hands? And two, Neil has now went one game without a goal. Are they going to miss Lucic down the stretch? Oh, my. Dustin's having a little bit of fun. <laughs> Thanks, Dustin. We appreciate that. We've had a couple people say that you know Neil goes a period or two without a goal. He's uh, he's in a slump. It is. I, I know he's joking about the goaltending, but but it is interesting because on some teams, if if this was how it was going, it might be oh who is the number one? Is one guy you know thinking why isn't it me? But all summer the Oilers were like uh, like they're both playing. It might be as even quite an even split. Well, normally a controversy starts when one guy is the number one goalie and struggles a bit and the backup comes in and plays well. Right. That's when they say, well, there's a controversy. He was the number one. But these, neither one has been given the number one job. And, and may not. And may not. I mean, well, the way it's going right now, I mean, you don't have to. Just keep playing, keep them both rested and let them both get their couple games in. I mean, right now they're both on pace for 41-game season. So... Uh, there won't be a controversy if they just continue to play the way they're doing. And I like what Dave Tippett has done with the goalies, giving them a chance. And if they have a good game, they get the next one. And then, okay, we don't want someone to wait so long. Uh, as for Neil, Neil made a really nice play tonight to set up Ethan Bear's goal. That was a nice play, finding him, getting the, the passing lane. Uh, no goal for Neil tonight, but a nice little setup to, uh, to Ethan Bear. A big goal at that moment. Uh, Michael texting in. He says, I'm driving back to Calgary. I'll be home at 3 a.m., but it was worth the drive. Tippett's postgame comments were dead on. The Oilers were outplayed, but it's nice to get some goaltending for a change. And he also says the defense does deserve some credit for clearing out the rebounds. Well, I will say this about those first 10 minutes of the second period. And I, I said after that period, it was, it was like watching a Flyers practice where you just cycle back out to the... Uh, set to the neutral zone and then the next line comes in and does does their drill the, the the Oilers defenders did make some good plays lifting a couple sticks and whacking pucks out of there having said that it shouldn't have been happening like every 30 seconds well <laughs> they, they they whacked away 49 rebounds because there was right. 49 saves in the game uh, there was a lot of people guilty uh, of uh, lackluster play for for long stretches in this game and Dave Tippett talked about it uh, they were not good. This was Miko Koskinen at his best, and he had to be because the Oilers were vastly outplayed by a Philadelphia team that is probably shaking their heads after the second period how they could be down 5 1 in a game that they played so well. All right, Connor McDavid, five points tonight. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's your captain. Early in the second period, really just held you guys in until you got that goal. Yeah, I thought he was good all night long, um, especially then in the second. He uh, really held us in it. We definitely didn't deserve to be in the lead, but um, no, he played great. Um, sucks giving up two at the end for him. Um, you know, we got to be better than that. It just seems that your team's a lot more comfortable with the lead this year. You don't seem to panic as much, and obviously the top guys then, when you need a big goal, found a way to bring it. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've played from behind. We've you know, played a little bit from, from ahead, um, not too much, but um, you know, I, see, I, I liked how you know, we, we bent, but we didn't break uh, there in the second. We, we held strong and found a way to get a couple there to um, you know, give her, give herself some you some breather. Yeah, rest. Yeah, uh, you know, we just kind of had a we won a battle in the corner, and I thought we were going to go for a three on two, and Rusty just uh, you know, kind of flicked it, and it was a perfect, uh, perfect pass. Um, just tried to get there. Connor, you 
Your guys on the on the power play, it seems like, you know, kind of regardless of how the game's going five on five, you seem to be able to find it on the power play. How much does that help? Well, I think special teams just in general has been good. Uh, penalty kill was, uh, you know, we gave up a couple tonight, but you know, we, were, we were good uh, where we needed to be, um, especially early there. Um, you know, power play has is, is, uh, been able to find a couple, which is which is good. Um, we're going to keep that rolling. Connor, I may have missed this in your answer, but how quickly did you see that puck go up, uh, Russell's flip, and, and how quickly did you realize that you might have a chance to track it down? Yeah, um, I saw him flick it, and it was high, and, and uh, you know, you're just trying to gauge where it might go, and, and uh, you know, ended up being in a, in a perfect spot, um, kind of right behind the D-man, put the D-man in a tough spot. Just tried to beat him there and uh, make sure on it. You guys are producing offense, I mean, you and Leon, and some other guys as well, but at a, at a pretty unreal pace right now. Is this offensively kind of as much as you feel that you guys have clicked? I'm not sure. You know, we're, we're, we're scoring goals. I think it helps out the power play's going well. Um, you know, five on five, I think we still need to be better. And, and uh, no, but we'll take it right now. Connor McDavid has 17 points in seven games. Oilers are 6-1, six 6-3 and one, six, three winners over the Flyers. Highlight goal by McDavid that they'll be playing all year on the shows, but they will also be playing Sonny Milano's goal for the... Columbus Blue Jackets against Dallas. It's unbelievable. As good as Connor's goal was, and it was pretty. This Milano goal for Columbus, he goes between the def- defenseman's legs, walks in, and he's got two defenders on it, and then he sticks the stick between his legs and throws the puck up over Bishop's arm. It, it, it is a, a pretty goal. There's a few nice goals. And if there's another one, Sidney Crosby scores a beautiful goal as well. The talent level in the National Hockey League nowadays is crazy. What these young players can do, it's a lot of fun watching. And we have a front row seat most nights to see Connor and Leon put their show on. 780-496-0063. We have Greg standing by. Greg, welcome to Overtime Open Line. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Of course, I have a lot to say again, but I just want to say our penalty kill is pretty good when it's 5-on-5 five five or 6-on-5 for us, right? So um, that's pretty good. Um, nice to see Bear score, but um, I think this game should have been a lot closer than it was, um, especially after two periods. I mean, we, in the second period, we looked like the Oilers of the last few seasons, you know, multiple wide-open chances in the slot, blown coverage. We got lucky a few times, but we didn't... Uh, we didn't collapse, and we re- re- regained our, you know, our play, and, and we did good things. But um, the other thing I wanted to ask you guys um, is that I know the media and the fans want to hear from McDavid and Dreisaitl and Neil and Nuge and, and all the superstars, but I'm just wondering, um, it, it, it is a team game, and I'd like to hear from, you know, some of the other uh, players on the team every now and then because it is a team game. And I also want to uh, give a shout-out to Paladin Taekwondo in St. Albert because they helped my boy with his hockey. And um, But, yeah, I just want to know your thoughts on uh, the McDavid um, maybe kind of getting – maybe the media overlooking a lot of other players just to get the stars their time. Well, I can only speak for myself in that somebody who's here at every practice and morning skate, I try to interview as many players as possible. A lot of the stories about the team, though, revolve around uh, the star players. Uh, you know, today I talked to Dreisaitl, but, you know, Bob talked to Ethan Bear, Jack talked to Alex Chason uh, on the road trip. They, they interviewed a variety of players on the team, and I, I know sometimes for the face-off show, we'll consciously say, let's not go to the well with the same guys, but when McDavid gets five points, he's going to be requested after the game and expected by his club, and I'm yes. sure he knows. I mean, you knew it, Rob. If you had a three-point night, you probably got to talk. If you were, you know, minus two and played nine minutes, probably no, no one's probably, asking for you, and you no don't want to do Exactly. It. You don't want to be called. It was funny, though. In certain cities, you used to go do interviews between periods, and one uh, that was really good was Madison Square Garden. They used to give you presents or prizes whenever you did an interview, and they always would go to Mario first, and he didn't, he didn't want to do most interviews. And they go to Paul Coffey, and most of the time he didn't want to be bothered because it was between periods. So then they'd come to me, and it was awesome because you get, like, back then Walkmans and stereos and all kinds of cool stuff. So I always yeah. put my hand up to do those. They don't give away stuff like that anymore no. for, for doing interviews. So uh, it, I will say this. In the, in the time I've been, I've been doing this job, just off the top of my head, three of the best interviews have not been star players. Oh. That's Alex Chason, Mark Letestu, and Matt Hendricks. Usually they aren't. Usually because the other guys, the, the, the star players know that when they say something, it's going worldwide. If, if they say anything that has even a hint of controversy or a hint of sarcasm or a hint of negativity, it's huge. So they give you 
uh, stale answers. They just give you, all right, here, here's what you want, I'm going to give it to you. The, a lot of the most colorful players are the, 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 your third or fourth liners or your five, six defense and backup goalies. They're the funny ones. They got the good stories. And you do get to hear them just when you go national, the national TV or when it's going across Canada, they want a chance to listen to Connor. He's, he's the best in the world. They want a chance to listen to Leon. He scored 50 last year. And it's completely understandable, and the players in the dressing room know that as well. Yeah. Well, and if you just, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but even something we talked about before the game, about Patrick Russell's mother being here. I mean, we got to be honest, outside of oil country, no one cares. They, they want to know how McDavid did, right? Or it's true. see all his, his highlights. Yeah, but In the same way how Oilers fans might feel about some family member watching somebody on the Leafs or the Capitals or whoever, right? It doesn't resonate because you don't care about that team exactly, and that player. Exactly. Well, in all honesty, there'd probably be 30 markets out there that wouldn't know who Patrick Russell is. That's a good point. But we had Patrick Russell on the pregame show, did we not? He yep. talked, yeah. So, well, there's another guy. All the, all, yeah, all the players. So all the players are on it. It's just, you see, it's like Tiger Woods in golf. Every, the camera follows him around. He's 20 strokes behind everyone, but camera's still following him around because that's who people want to see. Well, a lot of people wanted to watch this young man tonight. Unfortunately, it didn't work out great for him. He was pulled after allowing four goals on 14 shots, but he's got a bright future in the league. He is from Sherwood Park, Flyers goaltender Carter Hart. You're pressuring yourself tonight with uh, all your family and friends here. It's uh, almost human nature to do that. I mean, coming home for the first time, um, for sure there's nerves, but you know, they still got a job to do, and you got to stop pucks. And I mean, tonight that just I, I didn't stop pucks and didn't do my job. Um, didn't give my team a chance to win tonight. Uh, I thought we came out really hard. You know, we put up 50 shots, um, so I thought we came out uh, really hard for the whole game. But um, I didn't do my job, and it cost us. The um you guys were really pressing in that second period, and then they, they were able to get those uh, quick ones on you guys. Just, uh, just talk about that second period, just how quickly they were able to, to strike there. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, um, there's a couple shots that I got to make saves on, and I just didn't. So um, I know I got a lot better, and I know I'll be better next game. But, uh, I mean, tonight you got to come up with a couple saves to keep your team in the game, and, and that just didn't happen. Does it matter who's throwing it around, whether it's a player like McDavid or whether it's anybody like this? Is, as a goalie, you just got to make the saves. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sure, there's guys that have a lot of skill like uh, McDavid and Saddle, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter uh, who's shooting the puck. You just have to stop the puck. Talk about the McDavid goal where he uh, got inside Justin, and uh, he, I think he made a little bit try to poke check it away. And uh, we just see in that play. Yeah, that was just a stupid read um, on my part there. Uh, I mean, the flip flip plays are hard to to play for a defenseman, and I mean, I just kind of was over aggressive and should just let it come to me. All right, tough night for Carter Hart. I think he's going to have a long career, and he'll have a few tough nights, but. I think he'll have a lot more very good nights given what he's shown us already in his young career. Yeah, he's an incredibly talented young man, and that's a kid that you, you hope things go well for him. He's a hometown boy, and I'm sure that there's going to be a number of nights over the course of his career where you're going to see him being a star here in Edmonton after a game. Unfortunately for him, tonight wasn't. And it's tough. The first time you come home in front of your family and friends, you want a great night. You want everything, and things just bounce the wrong way tonight for, for Carter, but I'm not too worried about the future of that young man. The Oilers are 6-1. and one. They win at 6-3. We'll get to a couple more phone calls. You'll hear from Oscar Clefbaum as well. Oilers Hockey presented by World of Spas. We are live in Studio 99. Overtime Open Line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Here comes McDavid looking for his third five-pointer of a career and a try by Brandon Manning finds his way off. The X-Flyer blasts one past Brian Elliott. 6-1 Oilers. And the Oilers would go on to win 6-3 over the Flyers. Manning into the game for Joel Pearson, who is in a concussion protocol, probably out at least 7 to 10 days. We'll see if the Oilers make a roster move to go along with that. But McDavid with five points tonight. 
The Oilers are 6-1 on the season. They will host Detroit coming up on Friday. Connor McDavid now has the eighth most points in the NHL by a player prior to his 23rd birthday. Today he passed both Bobby Orr and Denny Savard. And how old is Connor? How many more years does he have left? To, is he, is he, he 22? How many? Yeah. I gotta see his birthday's in January. So he's about to turn 23? Day. Yeah. So he'll have a couple more. What do we got? November. So maybe 25 three, more games. Three more months. So the pace he's at, so that's 100 points. January 13th is his birthday. So the next guy is uh, Turgeon and Iserman are at 410. Connor's now at 389. So he's... Should get 21 points in three months. Uh, the way he's playing, you'd, yes. You'd think. Who, who's, who's 100 points ahead of him? Uh, well, Crosby's about yeah, Crosby's 115 ahead of him. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky had 861 points before his 23rd birthday. That's pretty you good. You know who's second on this list? No. It's not Lemieux. He's third. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, Winnipeg Jets. That's Solani? an obvious hint. Nope. Or Howard Chuck. Dale Howard Chuck. He's a pretty good hockey player. And I guess, and you got to come into the league pretty much. As an 18-year-old, yeah. right. Yeah, Troche, Eiserman, uh, and Turgeon, the other guys in the top eight. All very good hockey players. And playing in a different era where scoring was Pierre up. Pierre Turgeon, not Sylvain. Yeah, I, yeah I, I realized that, yes. I played against both of them. Pierre was a little bit better. 7804960063. We have Rocket standing by. Hey, Rocket. Hey, Rob Reed. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. I just wanted to uh, mention something that hasn't been mentioned yet. And I know it's because the order's been on a five-game winning streak, but after losing one, how does how does a team react after they lose? Do they win or do they lose and go on a losing streak? The Oilers tonight rebounded, you know, after going 5-0. and And I know that's a great road trip, and, and you know, I, I get it. Like, I mean, I've watched, like, every single game. But tonight, to rebound after a loss which they haven't done yet this year. You know, this is the first time and in the fashion that they have. I know they got a shot big time and Koskinen really was like number one over overall guaranteed, but the Oilers when when they had their chances they buried it. Yeah. So how important how important is that? Well I think you know, when they won, I I don't think they rebounded great. I don't think this was not a good game for the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, the the two points are awesome, but the rebound, I, I don't think you can say, well, they rebounded really well after the loss because they didn't. This was a game, as Dave Tippett talked about, they should have been behind the way they played through the first 30 minutes. How they respond after this game, which for the most part, this may have been their poorest effort at times, how they respond after this game Friday against Detroit, I think will tell you more. And I think that's where you're looking for a response, and that's what I expect. I expect they're going to be much better Friday against the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, and Koskinen, huge tonight. If you missed it, 49 saves, and uh, really through the first 30 minutes, that's when it was yep. really key because the Flyers were, were all over the Oilers for, well, both the middle part of the first period and then the first 10 minutes of the second period was atrocious in favor of the Flyers. Well, and, and Dave Tippett said it best from the time that Leon scored till the time that Connor scored, it was all Philadelphia. And that goal that that Connor scored, that just completely deflated. Changed everything. Yeah, it just... Because Philly's thinking, eventually we're going to get one. Eventually yeah. we're going to get they're one. They're feeling we're good about themselves. We're going to tie, yeah. tie it, and then all of a sudden they're down two. Yeah, and they're looking at the scoreboard thinking, how is this happening? And it was happening because Koskinen was excellent. 6-3, Edmonton wins. Back down to the Oilers' room. Here's Oscar Clefbaum. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's actually it's a bit funny. I think we played didn't play our best game. Obviously, we got a lot a lot of areas that we can improve on. Uh, we gave up way too many shots on that today, I think. Uh, we stuck together. Our power play was really good, and, and Mika was really good in that. So we're happy that we win and, and big two points. Maybe what just expand on just when Mika was dialed in like that. Or maybe it's not going real well for you guys five on five. What that means to you guys to have some time to, to get yourselves into it within playing that well. Uh, it means a lot, especially for 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 me, defenseman, uh, going back and, and you have full confidence in Miko and he's uh, he had a really good night tonight. Uh, obviously, he 
you had to work a little bit too much, I think. Um, but it feels really good to have two good goalies, and, and I think if you're gonna if you're gonna gonna win a lot of games and make it to the playoffs, you need two good goalies, and and I think Miko uh, really helped us tonight. Five point night for Connor in that second period. It just looked like there was three shifts where he said, "I'm taking over this game," and got the three-one goal, got the power play, and then just. What can you say about him the way he just kind of just yeah, take it, over him? He was average today. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he he's one of those uh, guys that can take over a game like that. And obviously, it was uh, a couple of big goals for us that gave us a lot of energy. And, and like I said, to it's really important to get that power play going uh, right off the bat here early in the season. And, but I mean, he's he's one of a kind. Uh, it's really it's really nice to have him back after that injury, and obviously to have him on our side. Uh, it's not very fun as a defenseman going back for pucks, and you know you have one of the fastest, if not even the fastest guy in the league chasing you. So uh, um, solid win, um, but I think we can improve a lot of things. Well, no doubt about that, but they do get the win, and that's the main thing. 6-3, the Oilers take it. Five points for McDavid, three for Dreisaitl, just some other notes today. Uh, Riley Sheehan took 22 face-offs, won 12 of them for 55% for the night. Uh, face-offs were 50-50, which surprised me because it seemed like the Flyers were, 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 I guess they had the puck a lot maybe after the face-offs, but it wound up 50% for the evening. Nugent Hopkins, a goal and an assist tonight. Uh, James Neal gets his first assist as an Oiler. Dreisaitl, Cassian and McDavid all plus three. Thanks to Brendan Escott working the Oilers room and Kyle Morris working the visitors dressing room tonight. Well, Rob, we'll see how practice goes tomorrow and then Detroit in on Friday. Probably going to be a bit of an unusual night for, for Ken Holland against the Red Wings for the first time. It'll be weird, and I know that whenever I got traded and you played against the team that you were at before, just seeing the jerseys on someone else. When he's up in the in the press box, he's looking down, and, and, and the red, or well, I guess the white and red, won't be the team that he's cheering for, that he's hoping to get the two points. So it'll be odd from one other night. Good thing for the Oilers in this game tonight because of the score and the way it went. Both McDavid and Dryset are playing under 20 minutes. That's a good point. That is that is huge going forward that they were able to rest them and not give them the 25, 26 minutes they've seen as of late. That'll help going forward as well. But no, uh, when you play against a team that has a player that had a long career there, you want to have a big game for him. You want to win him for him. A coach, when a coach comes over from another team, you want to make sure you put in a good effort. It's going to be the same when you playing against your GM, the guy that's now trying to build this franchise, when he goes against somewhere where he was so instrumental in, in all the success Detroit have, this team will want to have a big effort for him on Friday night. And the Oilers will wear their new third jerseys for the first time. They will wear those for all Friday home games. Get more on 630Ched.com. The Oilers are 6-1. and one. They beat the Flyers 6-3. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 630Ched. We've been live in Studio 99, courtesy World of Spas, overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.